0: Welcome to MangaSplaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read much manga before. Hosted by Dabaoki, David Brothers, Chip Zdarsky, and myself, Christopher Woodrow Butcher, follow along with our show notes and reading list at MangaSplaining.com. This week, we are reading a book that I picked. Hi, I'm Chris. It's called Goodbye Airy by Tatsuki Fujimoto. And the funny thing this week is, I hadn't read this book before I suggested it for Chip to read. <gasps> It was just a book I wanted to read. We did that a couple times this season. Why not? Why not just pick a book to read? So Goodbye, Aerie, Tatsuki Fujimoto, we have actually read. He's one of the few manga explaining subjects that has been on the podcast multiple times, let's say. We read his first standalone graphic novel, Look Back, on the podcast. And that was another one I picked where I was just like, I just heard that was good and wanted to read it. And we all liked it. It was a very touching story about about art and about growing up and about wanting to change, you know, the past and to change things that are out of our control. And then we thought, well, that's a little weird. We should probably have started with his first work, which is the ultra popular chainsaw man. And that is that was where we But are it today. wasn't yeah? his
1: first work. His first work was the very gross. And very disturbing
0: fire punch,
1: which I hope we don't read because it's very disturbing. <laughs> oh
2: man! Now it's going to
0: be my pick when I finally. Yeah. See yeah, now yeah.
1: you now I did it. Oh my god.
0: Yeah. We're gonna have to send you a, a description of fire punch, and you'll be like, "Yeah, all right, I'll read. I'll read that on the podcast." So it, it, it's a weird one. Anyway, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that another day. But yeah. So goodbye, Ari. We read Chainsaw Man. We thought that was good, but look back, I think we kind of loved maybe more. And that's, you know, it's my take on how that podcast episode goes. You can listen to the, both of those episodes on our website, amongexplaining.com. So Fujimoto says he's doing Chainsaw Man, 11 volumes. It's a huge success. The announcement of the anime is coming. He decides he's going to take a little break. And he stops working on Chainsaw Man for like almost a year. Hmm. And he puts out just one, one week, all of a sudden, boom, look back just a long graphic novel serialized in the online magazine, the Jump magazine. I can't remember which one, which Jump magazine I think magazine it was Jump was Plus, in? right? It was in Jump Plus online, yeah. All of a sudden, he just drops this bombshell of look back. And then, a month later, does the same thing again with Goodbye Airy. So this is in between the two courses or the two halves of Chainsaw Man. He's done two full-length original graphic novels, 200 pages, and then, you know, Six months later, five months later, jumps back on the Chainsaw Man bandwagon. So this is the second of those original experiments, let's say. And now that you know where it fits in, we've really gone back and forth on this. one. We should have read Look Back and Goodbye, Aerie after Chainsaw Man. But you know, here we are. Here's what Goodbye, Aerie is all about. From the mad genius behind Chainsaw Man and Look Back comes a new story about coping with loss. Yuta's movie-making career started with a request from his mother to record her final moments. After her death, Yuta meets a mysterious girl named Aerie who takes his life in new directions. The two begin creating a movie together, but Aerie is harboring an explosive secret. I'm going to get to what the, what the folks thought in just a second, but I got to say at this point, there is no real way for us to talk about this book without spoilers. Like Sometimes we kind of dance around it, but if you are going to read Goodbye, Aerie pause the podcast. Thank you for downloading it first. I appreciate it. Go and read it. It's on the Shonen Jump website, links at You can just We'll just link right to it and then come back and listen because we can't not spoil this book. It's a 200-page short story. So all that out of the way, Chip, when I put this to you back in the suggestion period, I was just like, I don't know if this is any good, but it's by this guy that we liked, that you liked. I wanted to, I wanted to read it. I would love to know what you thought now going into it kind of blind.
2: It is very good.
0: Whoa!
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm a fan of his work. Like, like it's he's three for three with me now. I can't wait to read Fire Punch or whatever it is. <laughs> Fire Punch. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a very kind of formalistic take. By the way, it's structured with the 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 four the four stack panels kind of all throughout, except for kind of kind of big moments. Uh, I'm a sucker for those kind of limitations. It also, it does a lot of stuff with like kind of the. Like, uh, there's like, we haven't seen a lot of this in manga. I've noticed the repeating of panels, mm. Mm. whereas that's a very American comic thing of the past, like twenty years. Like using repeating panels yeah. to create like pauses, intentional kind of drawing out of a scene, and that's used a lot in here, and it's used really well. Yeah, no, I, 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 I quite liked it. Yeah. Yeah, that's my initial thought.
0: I wanna go on now. Uh, David, maybe do you want to talk a little bit? I know you've th- been thinking a lot about you've been thinking a lot about panel layout and pacing lately, because we don't usually congratulate each other on the podcast like this. But I did want to say congratulations on your first published, you know, comic short story coming out real soon. Oh yeah. Thank you. So I'm curious what you thought of it's it's in Newburn number nine. Yeah, it starts yeah? in number nine. Start at number nine. Go check it out. Image Comics, wherever comics are. Militism I am curious what you thought of this story and what you thought of what you thought of the storytelling in particular that Chip sort of hinted at. I like Chip. I'm a huge fan of widescreen storytelling, kind of pioneered by Brian
3: Hitch in the late '90s, early 2000s. And this is basically that, tuned to like a small personal drama. Like it's very mm. like intentional about where the cameras pointed. It's not just about where the camera's pointed, but intentional about where the reader's looking, which I feel like aren't necessarily the same thing. Like with the repeated panels that Chip was talking about, like those were a big Brian Bendis on Daredevil thing. And it was kind of like a David Mamet pacing. Like you'd have your dialogue, you'd have the reaction shot, which you get in manga pretty frequently, but not quite in as stiffly formal a way as this. Mm. So the sense of time passing is actually much higher in this than it would be in something like, Akira or Naruto, which have like actual time skips, I would say. Yeah. Like there's so much detail given to every moment. And then, like, the dinner scene when they're shooting with his dad and he's, you know, like, leave my son alone, yada, 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 yada. It's like 24 panels of the same angle, maybe 32 panels flipping through. It's a lot. Mm. Yeah. And I've been reading. I just finished from hell by Eddie Campbell and Alan Moore for the first time. And a big part of that is that it's on a nine panel grid like Watchmen. It's, you no, know, it's a Western comics fetish, but yeah. the sense of pacing in <laughs> that is, you know, it's like a, it's a drum is how it feels because of the panel layout. And this is kind of similar, but this is more intimately paced where I would say that from hell is more inexorably paced. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. How did you feel about the book? I liked it. I think, I don't know if I liked it as much as Look Back, but Mm. I thought it was interesting how it seemed to kind of be about Chainsaw Man and like the act of making telling stories. And there was something, it made me think of Asteroid City and something else. It'll come to me. But
0: yeah, I thought it was a really interesting, thought provoking read. Thank you. Deb, what were your what were your thoughts on Goodbye Area? I think you were maybe the only person that had read it when I, or maybe I don't. I mean, I don't know. But what were your thoughts on on rereading it for the podcast?
1: Well, I read it when they posted on the Shonen Jump app. You know, the, it was big fanfare. It's like, oh, a new story. Go read it, right? And I think, it, like you said, it came up pretty quickly after Look Back. And Look Back, I liked yeah. a lot. You know, I liked the, I liked the storytelling. I liked the story. And for some reason, when I first read this. I thought, this is too similar.
2: <laughs> mm.
1: And it didn't move me as much. Like like the proximity of it. And it's like, ah, this same theme of, you know, filmmaking and like like unreliable narrators. Like you don't know what's real and what's not. And the thing about death and depicting, you know, in a in a way that is you know, not super straightforward. You know, it's not like a straight tearjerker and it's not like a straight, you know, like the way that this story unrolls, right? It starts out a certain way. And then as you read more of it, you realize, oh, the mom wasn't like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's not airy. and Oh, that's not like this. And wait, is she really a vampire? <laughs> you know, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it kind of, mm. it felt gimmicky at the time to me. Like I was like, uh, you know, because look back to me was so heartfelt. And so well yeah, done. Yeah, Absolutely. And this felt a little bit more like you know, like a, a kid, like in the book, like a kid doing an art film, like a university art film, like you know, just trying, something like the kid trying to something new and kind of. From home how, how, movies. Yeah. So how we can do stuff, <laughs> right?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: So there's a lot of interesting storytelling experimentation. There's some fun with like digital, like, you know, making the scene look blurry a little bit, or trying to depict that a, a scene through a lens. There's a lot of formulas, interesting things going on here. But I feel like story-wise, look back touched me more.
0: Mm. I think I agree with that. Yeah. Just get getting the, the basic stuff out of the way. I actually really enjoyed Goodbye Aerie. And I have to say, it was a huge rug pull for me when we realized that the first sort of third of the book is very much an unreliable narrator, and the story is not about whatever i thought it was going to be whatever i thought it was going to be completely vacated my mind <laughs> when that when it's revealed that actually this like touching thing about his mom was totally scripted and faked because his mom was kind of like a sociopath <laughs> and it was just like oh okay and the reason is I, the format the media i think in this in this very specific version the medium was the message mm-hmm. for me I have never read a manga with an unreliable narrator to this extent before. It was, it's just not something that happens in manga. I look at, we looked at Goodbye Punpun for example, and that's maybe the closest I can think to like having that kind of rug pull. In Io Asano, we sort of realize that, like, that God is is narrating Punpun's, you know, whoever God is, well, we find out, but whoever God is is narrating Punpun's life, and that actually they're a pretty unreliable narrator at certain points. But it's always presented as like such a – it's it's presented in a more, much more obvious way that there's an omniscient being being a dick to Pun Pun in the book. So it's like, yeah, okay, I've got my defenses up a little bit about taking in what the narrator's saying and not necessarily falling for it. But in this, I was on board. It's just like, oh, this is like a sad thing. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, no, she's actually maybe not great. She's still dying of, you know, whatever leukemia yeah. or whatever she had. It's su- still super sad. And then I was a little bit more prepared for it with the second rug pull with Aerie, but still, it just never. Hmm. I didn't give enough credit to manga as a medium that it could fool me, you know, surprise me in this way. And I would have if it was a film or if it was a prose short story. There'd be some distance there. But this is literally. <laughs> This is literally a Shonen Jump manga. And I was not expecting it to be what it was. And that's on me. That's my bad. And I think that that is maybe where some of the power was for me. What do you guys think?
2: It's funny. At first, I thought it was a misstep. Like when I started reading this and we get to the point where the mom's like, you know, please videotape me as I die kind of thing. I was just like, no, no, that's unbelievable. Like, this loving mother wouldn't do that. And so I was kind of like, well, that's like, that felt to me like the the creator basically doing like a a forced kind of error like like oh we got to get to point b so i have to make her say this and i was like i didn't buy it so when the rug got pulled out later on i was just like oh ha he tricked me he tricked -hmm. me into thinking he was bad at his job when (laughs) in reality he was quite good at his job yeah which was which was super funny it's pretty funny Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like I agree that like emotionally this didn't hit me the same way it looked back to it, but I was actually kind of more impressed with the, the structure and the, those kind of formalist ideas that took place here. Like, yeah, I think it's, it's a, it's a super, super smart book with interesting twists and turns and ideas about memory and about recording of memory, especially and living forever. Cause I've, I've been thinking about that a lot lately in terms of like, why people create, why people create art, why people tell stories, and like so much of it is kind of wrapped up in in a weird way in terms of like immortality, of, of living on the memory of someone continuing past, and the fact that at the end, Aries like, you know, she actually needs this to remember when she resets uh, when her brain resets, like this is actually part of her living forever is the recording of stuff. But the, yeah, it was super,
3: super smart. I almost want to—I don't want to disagree that there was a rug pull, but I think that I saw the book differently from the beginning, so it didn't really feel like a rug
0: pull when that okay. happened. Yeah, I think it was mean. I think there was that was supposed to be a reveal, but for me, it was really like, a, "Oh, this story isn't going to be what you think it's going to be." About I see kind of a situation.
2: Like, are you saying that? Are you saying that Chris and I are suckers? There were suckers. I mean, not about? suckers, but like no, sixty
0: percent rube. Sixty percent rube. That's <laughs> okay. all. <Yeah>. 60,
3: <laughs>
2: wow, sixty
0: <laughs> hey. percent feels like a feels like I a Canadian slight for some reason. I don't. I, I don't know. It
2: does a little bit actually? <laughs> yeah, Canadians are sixty percent rube. I agree with that.
3: <laughs> I watch a lot of wrestling. You guys have a horrible reputation in that. it's true none of the none of the polite Canadians made it to wrestling so it's kind of my charts a little bit yeah (laughs) but as soon as she says like record me while I die Mm -hmm. I feel like I was like oh that's not cool at all like this is this is absolutely going to mess this child up and I think because the story is so from his perspective like you see him on panel two and then he's basically off camera till he's an adult you know, it's from his perspective and also, like, openly subjective about that perspective. Like, you you watch the movie about his mom, then the explosion happens. You're like, oh, well, that kind of colors what came before. Like, it's clearly not 100% real, even though that would yeah. be, like, an interesting... I see why he would do that ending, you know? Mm-hmm. So what I was thinking was almost more, it was fun kind of looking through his eyes to see like, even though his mom did a lot of horrible things, like you see how he saw her and how he wanted to see her. And that's Mm -hmm. almost like Chip was saying about immortality. That's like sort of a very human thing is you don't remember, you don't remember all the times you fought with your mom about things that were like fundamental to you or fundamental to her. You never came to grips with, you know, you want to remember her like smiling and like the the good times. And I think that first movie did a great job of doing that. And then also dodging the bad times by throwing in something kind of goofy. So the story for me almost became about like. When they say throw in some fantasy at the Mm -hmm. end, like they they talk about how like including a vampire isn't fantasy like that doesn't count like a fantasy, is something you really want to happen. Fantasy is something that comes from inside you instead of being like, oh, like now a Frankenstein's in it. It's like, no, do your story, but also know what it's about and put that little twist in there to grab people. And I, I actually I got a little I didn't like this as much as look back, but I did get a little weepy during the scene where he does the peace sign looking down at the ground, like her symbol while watching her movie like we did it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that feels almost like. Like his reaction after. If, it, if his first movie is fire punch, the second movie was Look back. And look back is the one where people are like, oh, my goodness, like this guy's amazing. Like all of his feelings, all of this stuff, all of these things that it's sparking inside me are incredible. While Fire Punch Mm -hmm. was the one where it's like, I don't really get it. And it's kind of too much, you know, I don't know if I want more of this. And it kind of mirrors the the kids movies in here a little bit. So I couldn't help but see it from Mm -hmm. like that kind of perspective, like a creator's perspective. Of embracing your subjectivity and kind of like letting yourself breathe through the work
0: as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It it does seem autobiographical again in a way, the same way that Look Back did. Mm-hmm. But making it about film instead of comics gives him a little bit more distance as a creator. Where it's like, oh, I did my first thing. Everybody was <laughs> disgusted by it and thought it was <laughs> stupid. All right, I'm going to do my second thing, and you're all going to love it because I have always known how to make you love it. And it wasn't that wasn't what it was about for me. And then he does. The whole room's weeping, and I thought that that was really. An interesting, metaphor.
2: So, so maybe maybe we should definitely read was Fire Punch?
0: Yeah, yeah, because it because that was referenced pretty heavily and look back as well.
2: Because if the first movie in this is reflective of Fire Punch, I, I love the first movie in this, <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's what kind of pulled me out. Like, afterwards, when people were like, How could you do this? What's wrong with you? I'm just like, That's an awesome ending to the movie where your mom dies, yeah, right? You walking away, <laughs> slow mo, hospital blowing up, like. Why everyone had a problem with that? I actually did not understand.
0: Oh, I totally, totally get it. I mean, like, it was probably supposed to be about your mom. I,
2: I guess, but I don't know. I felt like that was my dis- disconnect from the culture.
1: I will say During that North
3: American America. it's the past
1: worst manga <laughs> pick for me. By the way,
3: Fire Punch. Fire Punch. Uh-huh. Fire Punch was yeah. One we gotta read it. We because it was read it. so
1: hard to read. <laughs> I just couldn't get into it.
0: Well, we've read all the other ones. Well,
1: yeah. I know. Oh, that's But that was partly why I was pretty slow to get into Chainsaw Man, because I thought, oh, no, here mm. we go again.
0: <laughs> yeah. David, you were going to say something.
3: I, I mentioned Asteroid City earlier, and I'm not going to spoil it because yeah. I don't think Chip has seen it yet.
0: Not yet. I haven't seen it yet either. I'm one of the ones that I
3: say broadly, like kind of like it's about art and creation and living, like that kind of works. Oh,
2: spoilers. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> but it uses the structure of like, it's a, it's a movie that's like has to be a movie to tell the story that it's telling. And I think this is a comic that has to pretend to be a movie to tell the story that it's telling as well. And it uses like that kind of angle on its perspective mm. in a really interesting way. It's sort of like how you'll see I just watched like the Wes Anderson Simpsons episode. So that's what's like fresh in my mind. Like there are chapter breaks, you know, that like Anderson does. And it kind of emphasizes the idea that you're watching a story. This is not necessarily true in the like literal sense, but it's like truthy. it's trueish, you know, yeah, sure, and this is the same where we kind of flit in and out of reality like the vampire thing is like such an out there twist for a story like this, but you roll with it because you've been trained to accept the fantasy a
0: little bit, yeah, so for those of you who haven't read the book, just, <laughs> even, <laughs> after,
1: probably, we <laughs> even <laughs> after we warned you,
0: yeah, even after we warned you because the vampire thing does we are we did mention, and then there's vampires does seem like a Simpsons joke. The Rand Corporation with the vampires. That's uh, that's for David, who's been watching. This. <laughs> Basically, there's a movie he creates in the book, the lead character creates in the book, and we find about his mom dying. We find out that actually she set the whole movie up, and she's not a very good person, but she wanted to have this like glowing remembrance of her that would sort of outlive her. And then he creates a second movie about Airy, who helps him make the movie. We find out that that wasn't really about like how she was in real life, but because it ends in a happier, like sadder way that is more what the audience expects, everyone's more appreciative of it, even though it's just as fake, maybe, as the first one was. And then there's, you know, he's gonna, he's at the end of his life, he goes back to where it all started, and Aerie's still there. And you're not sure if it's a real sequence or if he's having a dream sequence because he's having a break from reality because he's having a rough time. And she's like, Oh, yeah, no, I've always just been a vampire. I keep living and dying and living and dying. And you're like, what is going on with the ending of this? And it plays into some of the themes that are brought up about all, even realistic movies need a touch of fantasy to sort of kick them in the butt and keep them going kind of a thing. And it's it's a really, it's well done, I think. I don't think any of us are are like, it was to, totally out of, field and doesn't, out of left field and doesn't really work. Although, you know, t- some of us appreciate it to different degrees. I think maybe Deb didn't super love that part of the ending. And I know people online were complaining about it, but luckily this wasn't spoiled for me. So I, that's, you know, just for I, the folks. I
2: like mind. that it wasn't like, a big thing like nothing physically yeah. changed about the character she doesn't like bear her fangs or try to mm-hmm. kill someone or something it's just like she just is like a casual thing like oh yeah that's why i'm still so young i'm a vampire also i figured it out because uh, i'll hold this up to the screen vampire vampire backwards <laughs> is airy p-m-a-v so airy can only exist in the pm because she's a vampire yeah. and she's into av clubs.
3: <laughs> AV has a slightly different subtext in Japan. Wait, wait, wait. Hold uh, that I up again.
1: Hold that up know. again, Chip. I'm going to get a screenshot for the Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hold on. One second.
3: Come AV on. is short for adult video. AV, <laughs> <laughs> AV club is completely okay, different wait. remit.
0: <laughs> All right, hold on one second. There we go. Oh, very serious. Thank you. <laughs> I was just talking a lot about that actually in the show notes for Madoric. Yeah. <laughs> actually, because she's an <laughs> AV actress. It it's
3: pretty funny. All right. But so have you read Bakemonogatari, Christopher? The Nisioisin no, uh, light novel series I've, turned manga, turned anime, turned like media franchise.
0: No, my friend is the translator on it, but no, I haven't read it. Shame and on didn't you. Didn't he run away wow. screaming from it? No, no. I co- co-translated it. Yeah. Nisi Oisin is a difficult author,
3: but part of the deal is the main character meets a vampire girl and like they go to like mm. a weird room and have like this whole encounter where he also becomes a vampire. So I thought of this, that during this quite a bit. And that, mm. that's like probably one of the most mainstream, like it doesn't sound mainstream, but like it was very popular. You know, if you want to rip mm-hmm. something off, you would rip off Bakemonogatari. And mm. they just kind of go for it in this. I thought that was kind of cool. Like, it's extra hmm. texture, extra subtext.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I know it's probably besides the point, but I got to know you guys' opinions. Is the ending real? Did he really blow up the factory? Or is it, or is the ending the third movie, actually, where he shows up in Ares of Vampire, and he's telling a story again? Except, you know, maybe now the, the video equipment's a little bit cleaner, so you don't have that same, you know, widescreen panel. You don't have that same viewing it through a lens filter on it. Is it real?
2: I mean, he doesn't blow it up because just logically it doesn't make sense. Like he didn't know like when he was going there. there. Yeah. And also like he, he says, you know, I never saw her again after that. Like that's a bit too much of a weird misdirect to be like, I never saw her again after that because I killed her two seconds later. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I was looking at the page. I'm just like, nothing on the bag is kind of like really blowing much like he's not as affected by the blast if that makes sense sure. like it feels very artificial
3: mm-hmm.
0: but he's cool though he's walking away from the explosion.
2: he's cool but he's calm like he's calm in a, in a weird way he's been
0: added in in post <laughs> yeah 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 exactly he does feel a little bit added in, in post yeah you're right I think yeah. he's
3: walking away with a feeling of self-actualization instead of like explosive victory yeah. Because the page before you mentioned like you never saw her again. Then he says, You see, I finally figured it out. The reason I'd recut that film so many times. And he thinks of her saying it's missing a pinch of fantasy, don't you think? Like he's realizing, like, oh, instead of dealing with my feelings, I kind of keep orbiting the same feelings over and over and over. And there's never a chance to put like a capstone on them. It's just kind yeah. of this always this open wound. So in the end, you know, in his head, I think it's real, but real in like that figurative sense that stories are real.
2: I feel I feel like also like not to sound very much like you know I'm I'm studying you know can jet fuel melt steel beams but in the yeah. <laughs> like looking at the drawing of the building blowing up there are many explosions kind of happening at the same time it feels like yeah. the end of yeah. fight club when everything's kind of blowing up in the skyline <laughs> so I I don't think he you're you're
1: being he, like one of those guys on the rotten tomatoes no, I'm just Listen. being a
2: realist. I'm being a realist. <laughs> I'm just telling it's you. It's a I'm movie.
1: You. Can't yeah. it just be a movie? <laughs> I'm
2: just telling you. The, art, the artist has intentions here. And the intention, I think, is that this is false.
1: Mm. Probably true. Fair. Actually, Christopher, I want to ask you, because we went to the Chainsaw Man exhibit, and this is my opportunity to actually post that interview that I've put off. But... Do you remember what they said about why they used a the movie theater theme in the exhibit?
0: Because they're super nerds <laughs> <laughs> in the best possible way. so the dude the two the two fellows who put together the Tatsuki Fujimoto exhibition at Angouleme a couple of years ago were just huge fans of his work. And the exhibition came out, and Goodbye Airy and Look Back had just come out. But Goodbye Airy had come out so close to the exhibition they'd only had, like, like one sort of small thing. but, Look Back had a whole room where they completely replicated her room with like the bookshelf where she was working, like her Tokyo apartment, which was awesome to see, but also tons of stuff for Chainsaw Man and and Fire Punch. And he had chosen the movie theme for that because Fujimoto himself sneaks a lot of and, and, and discusses or puts a lot of movie references into his work, Chainsaw Man in particular. And he's just a huge movie nerd. I think to the point, Deb, when we did the Chainsaw Man episode, I think we put the opening credits for Chainsaw Man- in the episode uh, show notes, because the whole opening credits for for Chainsaw Man are just different movie scenes from like famous movies with the Chainsaw Man characters acting them out. And that's the opening credits of the Chainsaw Man anime. Mm. So I think that they picked up on like that rolling theme of like movies and cinema and artificiality in his work. And so the exhibition itself, which, yeah, we have a ton of photos of that we can put up. We didn't last time because we were planning on doing it. And then, you know, (laughs) life gets away from you. Yeah. I think that they realized that that was a really good lens to look at his work as an exhibition as a whole from. So the whole thing is you, you enter into a movie theater lobby and then you go into the different doors where the different movies are playing. And each movie is one of his works, which is crazy actually that they did this and it looks gorgeous. Like they even got like the great, terrible, like theater lobby carpeting. And it, had little symbols and icons from his work and stuff. Like it's actually one of the most thoroughly conceived manga exhibitions I've seen. It's a they did an amazing, amazing job. So yeah, I think we'll put some of that up in, in the in the show notes, and we'll put some of it up on Manga Explaining Extra when this episode drops. I think that'd be
3: really cool. I always joke. I guess I have joked before. I should say that Fire Punch Volume Two is mostly film criticism. Really, and yes. it's like only half a joke. Like, there's so many conversations <laughs> about movies and the different things that happen in movies, and that, and that specific volume that it really kind of
0: it made me laugh. I think.
2: Huh. How many volumes is Fire Punch? Seven?
0: Seven volumes, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, search me. Because if we read it, we, I guess we should read volumes one and two then. <laughs> I think with, I love that we went on this episode from Deb saying we could never <laughs> read Fire Punch <laughs> to Chip being like, all right, we're going to read at least two volumes. Wait, how long is it? Could we do all of them? I should have, <laughs> should have known better.
2: You I should have known better. I clearly walked into
0: this trap. <laughs> uh, Fire Punch is maybe five? Not too long. No, we can read all five.
3: So <laughs> his mom, and goodbye, Ari, The kid's mom asks him to film her last days and like gets him a cell phone. It seems like it's maybe for that purpose. But he keeps filming after that. Like, hmm. What does that
0: mean to you guys? How do you feel about that fact? I read it as he had from a young age started disassociating from the world and he was only viewing it through a lens, like through it, through his camera, which is, again, it feels like a commentary on young people in general to me coming from Fujimoto sensei. But yeah, I feel like that he had just like backed up entirely and started viewing the world through his camera. And then when he got a shit on and became sort of a Hikomori kind of a character and like a shut in and ended up hanging out with Mary, it was even easier to Back away from the rest of the world except through his camera lens. That's how I read it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That he had been shut out from his peers and from society. Hmm. Yeah. I agree with Christopher. Yay. Nice, you got one.
1: Uh.
3: <laughs> rare win. <laughs> how about you, Deb? Did that feel striking to you at all? Like that he kept doing this thing that like his mom kind of pushed on him.
1: Mm, I think the way I think of it, like Keshi you mentioned a generational thing. I mean, this is a like a generation that grew up assuming that they could always film themselves without any special mm. equipment and that they would have a platform in which to share it and they could be public, right? I mean, I'm, I'm a, you know, I come from print journalism and I went, went into blogging and I write articles and the next generation of journalists who are doing what I'm doing are all vloggers, you know? And I can't do it. I can't. I can't put myself on camera, talking to a camera, showing people what I look like while I'm talking and thinking that's a good time.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's self-conscious.
1: I don't like it at all. <laughs> so, but then I see the other bloggers and bloggers doing it and they just love it. They're mm-hmm. absolutely comfortable yeah. about it. And I look at it and go like, ooh, double chin there. And oh my goodness, you're <laughs> yeah. the lighting. Oh, you look terrible. Oh, you sound awful, <laughs> you know?
0: Have you considered growing a beard? It hides the double chin really well. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the three of us who are not dab are bearded. <laughs> <laughs> that's <amazing>. fair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that. I didn't really think about that being the divide there. But yeah. when we were on our manga explaining trip together, that's actually why I did those fake Coke commercials <laughs> with Chip. Mm. That which was like one of the things we put out on that because it was like I could see which way the wind was blowing when it came to doing content and it was like video was I mean it wasn't quite the shift to video that we all had to do that ended up bankrupting journalism I'll I'll link a couple things about that that Adam college humor former college humor has to say about that but I do think that especially through TikTok now so much of content is video and like I I don't know Chip got his Substack, and the first (laughs) first thing he did was a major beautiful video production of like Chip class you know what I mean like Hmm. Video is an interesting medium, but it is absolutely a way to reach a lot of people. And I think, yeah, the people that are good at that now, you know, shout out to, let's say, Omnibus Collector or shout out to, there's a, there's a couple people that are really taking advantage of the format in, and and the TikTokers. Oh my God, the manga TikTokers. They do a great job, like a really good job. But It's also to it's the just, point where uh, it's like, yeah,
2: it's all consuming. What, what, what? It's all consuming. That's the only problem. Yeah. Like even the guys you mentioned, like, I think they're they every waking hour is thinking about the content for that. And like the, the need to actually post every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a lot going on there. It's hard. Yeah, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to make do it. it. Work.
3: Yeah. Hmm. But I, I ask about that because I think you're right. Like it comes naturally to some people. And I think that for the kid, it's definitely his way of capturing precious moments. Mm-hmm. I would say. Even though, you know, it's like his mom giving him a a new chore, like there's something there that clicked with him and kept with him through adulthood. Like he kept shooting Mm. video. And on the flip through, I realized that the only scenes that are, let's say true, like objectively true are when he shows the movie to his classmates. Like you see the drawn out like over the shoulder view of the audience. Then it goes right back to the view, the, you know, the cell phone view let's say, even when he does the hand symbol. Yeah. And then Mm. when he so that's and then when he meets Aerie again like you lose the the
0: first person view like it stops being yeah. something that he filmed and becomes
3: something that's actually happening yeah
0: yeah and they've got those two full page panels at the end when he meets airy again that are like reinforces that maybe it's not through a view like through any viewfinder at all because the shape of the panel changes mm-hmm. i thought that was actually really interesting that there were there were several moments where the shape of the panel changed just after something was on video to sort of really pull it away from the seeing it through the viewfinder versus seeing it in real life i don't i don't. I like the sequence where where the dad is like how was that was that a good take (laughs) that's one of the that's one of the very few sequences where it goes from being videoed to not videoed back to back like that but it's still the same sequence i think he's still on video really i guess yeah he he mixes it up too much like like for
2: that to actually be a thing, I think, because like it, when he shows the movie to the school, like they're like full page shots of him running from the explosion that aren't in that format. Like, like really, he, he right. just uses it for emphasis, not necessarily for to delineate between reality and the video.
3: Yeah, I would, I think that's fair, but the, it does add like a bigger punch. Yeah. Like, it makes it feel more, it makes it feel less like a subjective point of view, in a way, as well, I think. You're like, oh, like, there's different storytelling going on, but they're still just the same frame, just stacked one on top of each other, you know, like, double stacked. Mm -hmm. I know, like, formally, it's really interesting, because the explosion at the end, also, when he was a kid, the explosion happened after he ran away from the hospital. Here, he walks away from his friend. Like, he's not running from anything, he's just accepted things that are happening. I know, it's a, it's a nice comic to think about. Yeah, yeah, it really is.
1: It also kind of like, I feel like this this story, like I've read it on my phone and I'm reading it on an iPad now. It is mm-hmm. definitely a book to read in double page spreads.
0: Yeah, I actually wanted to talk about that. It goes back to Chip, what you said about this being a formalist work. And then David, what you said about this, having a drum beat, like a, like a, like, you know, and, and I think it's manga decompression, here in like a real way where, you know, talking about Watchmen or From Hell, those are nine panel pages, which means that when you're reading, a, a, you know, reading it page by page, it's actually 18 pages or 18 panels on a double page spread, whereas this is eight panels on a double page spread. And this work was digital first, and you did read it a double page spread at a time, which with manga, you know, isn't always the case. Like, obviously, it's two pages in a in a, in, a, in a magazine or a tankuban but you could you, you theoretically could read it sort of focus on one page and the other this was on a screen all eight pages and as you scroll through it's always eight pages like or, sorry always eight panels always eight panels mm-hmm. panels in the same spot and when it does change up size wise a little bit very it's very different jarring. Like it's really striking yeah. i'm looking
1: at 92 and 93
0: 192 193 192 oh, 193
1: at yeah, the very yeah, yeah. where they she's looking in the opposite direction he's looking but then the the opposite person is on the screen in the background. Pretty masterful.
3: Yeah. And that's such a cinematic trick. Yeah. Like having that kind of layering or maybe like a rear projection of something like that. Yeah. the Isn't that beautiful page on 193? It was one of my favorites in the book. I think because it gets to that idea of like when you look back at art, like like. It's kind of like, oh, you did this. Like, you did this and it was good. And look how amazing and beautiful that is that we exist here at this specific point in time to experience this. Mm. And, you know, on 192, he's saying, if she's saying, I'll remember you again and again. And it's like, you see the video version of her saying it to the real him while he looks shocked. And then on the next page, you know, she looks happier almost in the video version because she has this video that she can source to tell her about herself. That's something else. A big part of this, and like, again, Chip's immortality point is really on, on target. It's about the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves and each other. Mm. Like, he wants to remember his mom to be a certain way, and his dad is like, holy crap, like, you deserve that, and I am so jealous that you have that ability. Like, that's something valuable. Aerie recognizes that in him and basically pushes him, you know, to do a cool thing. For as near as I can tell, like curiosity, like no reason at all. She's just like, oh, this is neat. I want to see what happens when I get this kind of attention.
1: I'm not even convinced Ari is real, honestly.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But she has a friend. Yeah, even if she's fake, like that's still a good bit of fantasy because it's not just that she's a vampire. It's that she's a vampire that resets every 200 years and is totally cool about it. You know, she's like the perfect vampire for this guy to get some character development. <laughs> yeah multiple times <laughs> yeah but her friend being like wow like that point of view it was really cool you know she was she had a bad temper and blah 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 but like we were friends and I liked remembering her in an over idealized way
0: yeah that's actually the, I like that they made that part of the narrative. They they made it part of the narrative rather than making it like a sub yeah they said the theme out loud underneath the service. Yeah they said the theme out loud (laughs) and it worked because you needed to hear the theme out loud to go into the last third of the (laughs) (laughs) book. It was like Yeah, where it was fantasy. Yeah there's a lot there's a lot to think about. I I think I'm with you guys I didn't maybe like this as much as look back because it didn't I think it didn't want me to feel as strongly about it as look back wanted me to feel about it as a story but I think it's like a really excellent short story I like that it has a couple of FU moments to the reader like you know David and I may disagree but I think (laughs) that they are rug pulls for sure I think that they are him saying like oh what'd you think you were reading a couple times I'm just really smart is what yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. 60% Uh, rube (laughs) yeah it must be a burden for you (laughs) so yeah I think you guys are right. It is a fun manga to really think about, and I think that's cool. And I'm glad that I picked a manga that at least Chip liked, if uh, if no one else. So that's my final thought. What do well, you guys? Everyone, everyone seems to like uh, it. Mm-hmm. They just maybe not. It's, as much I don't know. i on the
1: fence. I I don't I don't dislike <laughs> it. It's just that mm. out of the three that we read, it's probably my number three. But the other one and two is very strong, so <laughs> it, it, it's yeah. not a diss oh. on it. I'm still bitter about it losing the Eisner, by the way. But whatever.
3: What did it lose to? Yeah.
1: Shuna's Journey. The Hayao Miyazaki. Oh, book? the
3: Miyazaki. Okay, that's a good cover. I don't. I haven't read it though, so I can't call it past that.
1: It's okay. It's really, it's really nice. It's beautifully presented. They, for a second, mm. did a beautiful job producing this book. It's
3: mm-hmm.
0: just
1: not that good of a story
0: compared to Look Back. <laughs> beautiful though. Mm. Yeah. I like that the only person that could knock Jinji Ito out of winning an Eisner was actually Hayao Miyazaki. Because <laughs> he'd gotten it for like three years in a row and it was like, oh, Look Back's going to lose to Jinji Ito again. And then Jinji Ito didn't win because Miyazaki released, you know, like they released the second Miyazaki manga in English <laughs> during his victory lap for his entire career. Like, good timing. Yeah. Good timing for a second. Although
1: I will say, Jinji Ito didn't
0: seem to care. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's got enough yeah, i got I three imagine. of these
1: things if i got four i'd get you know bookends yeah. right whatever but i have an eight yeah. pot so now that's the other end of the bookend
0: like oh, yeah, a- yeah. yeah chip you've got like four eisners now it just it doesn't it's not cool anymore Five, right? oh, Whoa. five. five. Whoa. five <laughs> times love it
1: we're not worthy oh my god not to
2: brag just to, oh just to correct the record
0: now i can run the five timers club saturday night live sketch in the show notes Oh, hey, there you go. Paul Simon and Steve Martin. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that? David, that's really funny. Oh, I haven't. <laughs> yeah, it's all the people that have hosted or been on Saturday Night Live five times all come back for one sketch to do cameos. And it's just like a powerhouse of famous 80s and 90s. They've, they've, been, they've been doing it comedians, for... Comedians, actors, musicians. Yeah,
2: they've been doing it forever. Like they they, they do another five-timer skit every time someone enters the five-timers club. Oh, it just my. Gets oh, built, so good. It just gets bigger and bigger, more people. Can- oh, Candace wow. Bergen's always there, which is nice. Oh, sweet.
0: I like seeing yeah. Candace Bergen. Yeah,
2: yeah. I know.
3: Great. Chip, do you want to give your <laughs> final thought Ooh. before I do?
2: I really liked it. This is the kind of thing that I will send around to my various comic creator friends as a, a great example of comics. Do they ever read them when you send them? <laughs> oh, no one's ever written me back on anything. I like to say I have <laughs> friends in the industry,
0: but you know. I just have their numbers. Yeah. That's are they one real? Way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, David, your final thoughts. We can close out the episode. Yeah.
3: I asked Chip to go because I was downloading something to double check a point for my final thoughts. I'm very no. thorough during these podcasts. But there's this thing mm. I think of where some books are just like my kind of BS. Where like, it might have like a <laughs> weird twist or like some kind of dumb hook or something. But it's like so far up my alley that I can't judge it fairly. Like mm-hmm. Peter Cannon Thunderbolt by like Kieran Gillen and Casper Weingard looks like a Watchmen riff and then turns into this whole other thing by issue two. And then they're doing yeah. Eddie Campbell. i just by issue like four or five. Like that's my kind of BS. Mm-hmm. And I think Goodbye Aerie is very much my kind of BS and that it picks a structure. It does a thing and it does it like it commits to the bit so hard and so well that there's a ton of different angles to talk about it from. Whether it's like the layout and like how that feels or, you know, what's real and what's not, what characters are real and what's not. I think that it's a great story about grief and, you know, being human. So I'm pro, but I still think I enjoy Look Back a little bit more. I think that hit me harder Mm -hmm. personally. Yeah. But the way this is told is definitely one where I'm like, I'm probably gonna be thinking about this for a while.
1: Yeah. Great.
0: Yeah, it's funny when you mentioned Eddie Campbell on on From Hell, I was like thinking a lot about his work over the last little while. And just at the end, in terms of short stories that are that are like graphic novel length short stories, I think I would if you if you liked Look Back, if you liked Goodbye, Aerie, I would actually recommend trying to track down a book called How to Be an Artist, which was Campbell's first full color work that for Second published. And it's about creating art by someone who's worked in comics his whole life in kind of the same way that this is about, you know. This is about using the medium that you're (laughs) that you're that you're that you're talking about to tell us tell a story about another medium or a larger medium or or, or, or that sort of thing. It's an interesting book, and it's been a a while since I read it. I want to see if I can. I don't know if there's a digital on it, probably not. It's you know before there was digital comics. Yeah, if you if your local library has How to Be an Artist by Eddie Campbell, definitely recommend checking that out to read. It's uh, has some things to say about art that I think are pretty good. So anyway, yeah, that was our episode on Goodbye Airy by Tatsuki Fujimoto. That was a fun one, guys. We're going to go to the break. We'll be right back with some shout outs. Stay tuned. And we're back. Hopefully that was a nice advertisement. And if you didn't get an advertisement, hopefully you enjoyed the little stinger of music that our good friends at DADS perform for us in between the break every week. They actually do those live. Not a lot of people realize that. Yeah, it's true. It's hard work, but. It's 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 not only hard work, it's hard coordinating with the schedules and we're all in different times. Yeah. yeah. But glad that's working out for them. Thanks team. We're doing shout outs this week. We're, we're not even doing questions and answers. We're doing shout outs. I think maybe we'll do a question and answer episode at the end of the season this year instead of a wrap up. Be fun. So yeah, shout-outs. Who it's been a while since we've we've recorded. Everyone must have a thousand things that they did. Who wants to go first?
3: I can start with a two-pronged shout-out to give Ooh. the others more time to think of their own shout-outs. Oh. So we read Common Rider by Shotaro Ishinomori, who's a favorite. Which I loved a lot.
0: I thought it was great.
3: Yeah, it's Chip, what did you think? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> It was a manga-splaining mixed pick, but, you know, that's normal because four people, four geniuses with such great tastes won't always agree on everything. But we did respect kind of the craft and the creativity of the book, I believe. And Shin Kamen Rider is out on Amazon Prime and other streaming sites. I think it's free on Amazon. You might have to pay elsewhere. And it's basically a straight-up adaptation of that first story arc. I'm not going to spoil anything or too much from it. But it was a fun time at the movies, and incredibly violent in ways that I didn't expect. But
0: kind of enjoyed. And That was my shout out from a few episodes ago, but I saw it in Japanese with no English subtitles. So, oh yeah, I'm excited to hear that it's out on Amazon Prime, so I can figure it's got out tons uh, what of it was of about. subtitles. We'll totally get your money's worth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it live action or anime? It's live
3: action. Yeah, oh, okay. it's done by the same Hideaki Anno, who also worked on like Shin Godzilla, worked on this one. Amongst, what, sorry, among what other does other Shin people. mean? New. True or new, depending yeah. on context. Okay. Gotcha. In this case it basically means ultimate is how it's being used. All right. Like yeah.
1: Shinkansen, right?
0: Oh yeah. Or a lot of cities, a lot of stations. Shin in, Osaka. You know, Japanese train stations will have Shin next to it because they built the Shinkansen station outside of town so that they can <laughs> have the high speed rail running straighter through it. So like Shin Osaka or what's a what's another good one that's on. Shin Anyway, whatever. Yeah which is, yeah, on the, on the show. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: But the second half of my shout out. So Shin Kamen Rider, very good, very violent. There's also a Kamen Rider fan comic called Fighting Storm, which you can get on Ichio, itch.io, I-T-C-H dot Sorry, itch.io. Dot I-O. What an annoying <laughs> URL, I gotta say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's on Ichio. this itch.io site where you can download tons of like RPGs, ebooks, things like that. But Alexei Saracenian and, and an artist named Brian Naughton got together to it. Writer fan comic, which is kind of the same story as Shin Kamen Rider, despite coming out before. Like, they were very much on the same wavelength of mm. what's it like to be a karate bug man with super strength? You know, when you fight karate
1: con- bug man, what with happens super to strength. those
3: people? <laughs> it's <laughs> such a good description, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I've never thought of it that way, but that's genius. <laughs>
3: Yeah. <laughs> if you like Kamen Rider in general, if you like Shin Kamen Rider, look up Fighting Storm. It's a, it's a really good time. It's silent. Like there's only sound effects. There's no words. It's pay what you want. I think technically you're not supposed to pay at all because it's like somebody else's copyright, but like give them some money. It's a good time.
0: Oh, cool. well, it's a lovely series of shout outs, David. Deb, what are your shout outs this week?
1: Well, I guess one is related to what we just talked about. And one is one that I... Th- I keep finding manga that I think David will love. And he's like, right. mm, not quite, but I'm going to keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one is Emanon by Kikenji Suruta. Mm. It's very similar to Goodbye, Eri, in that it's set in 1967. And this hippie chick meets this got- young man on a ferry boat to Kagoshima. And what she tells him blows his mind. She tells him that she actually remembers everything. From the beginning of life on Earth. But huh. and so she kind of like tells him that she's been reborn several times, but not in the way that he expects. It's a very interesting little time, like it's a kind of a romance, but as a science fiction, it's very cosmic, but very slice of life. Beautifully drawn. The reason why I bring it up mm. is Dark Horse is finally publishing volume four of this four-volume mm. series after a three-year hiatus. Awesome. So you can now read the entire series. But it's like what well, as we were talking about Goodbye Aerie and about memory and living forever and you know young girls who kind of aren't who they think you think who seem wiser beyond their years who tell you things that you think are you shitting me? <laughs> <laughs> Eminon is like that and but it's really beautifully drawn and it was something that I thought ah this is something should I should I recommend it for the podcast but I liked it a lot but I was reluctant to recommend it because it was left hanging. So, mm-hmm. maybe no.
3: Mm. That's great. Yeah, yeah great cool. art on that one, too. That started as a yeah, novel really in the, the 80s, and the illustrator for the novel also does the manga. I like that kind of like long continuity. Oh, you nice. Well,
1: I think the other one, the other one that I was, I can find it, because I bought it off the Kodansha Reader. That's not a plug. It was the easy way to get it. <laughs> no, 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 not K-manga. It's the Kodansha reader, which is something separate. It's like uh, the way you can directly buy from Kodansha. Okay. And buy, buy e-books. I, I think it's called Tepu.
3: Oh, I've heard of this one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. kind of neat. The cover looks weird. It didn't catch my eye. And then someone described it on Twitter as, what if the shitheel opponent in a fighting manga, in high school fighting sports manga, was actually the, the main character?
2: Mm. Yeah, and it's, it's really oh, neat.
1: It's like a female. She's like super strong, super tall. She can apparently kick anyone's ass without even thinking too hard about it. And then she meets a couple of girls who are into MMA. And they want to start an MMA club and they're like hardworking and they're really ganky. And she's like, I hate your enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like kind of a David. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of like yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's actually really gripping and interesting. You know, and it's 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 girls, but they're they're not like prissy girls, and they're not like, hi, I'm, I'm you know I'm a guy, but I just happen to have boobs kind of girl, like a lot mm. of America's mm. superhero girls are.
0: Mm. They're definitely It'd come a g- lot of complaint. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's a really good story. I like that. I mean, I finished volume one and thought, yeah, I'm down. I'll keep
3: reading. I was thinking if we do an immortality. Like episode, we should put To Your eternity on. on the list
0: oh, as well. yeah. You love that one, eh? Yeah, that's been, a that's like a that's one of your earliest mm-hmm. shout outs on the podcast, actually. Mm-hmm. Was two year, one of the few series of like year time skip. Whoa, <laughs> I could go last, I guess. Chip, or, or sorry, Chap, uh, as you have changed your name to uh, at <laughs> uh, What What's your shout out this week?
2: The documentary on Steph Curry, underrated, which uh, wow. came out on Apple. Wow. I am not a sports guy but I am a sports documentary guy. It turns out because it <laughs> you c- are. it condenses everything into a nice little package for me. I don't have to like be super stressed out watching games and watching things for a whole season. I just get like a, a, someone's life just kind of distilled <laughs> when you know, they're going to, they're going to win at the end, which is fantastic. Yeah. It just, it follows him from being a, a basketball player as a kid, the son of another NBA player and making his way up through the NCAA into the NBA even though he's like got a horrible, debilitating height issue, he's only what like six foot <laughs> three, six foot four, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I know he somehow yeah. manages to overcome that to become the three point champion of the world. And yeah, it's funny. Like I, I, I watched it only because like I went to the first Raptors game against the Warriors. Oh wow! Wow, because because I just happened to know, uh, have I told you guys this before? We're like, like, on, is this going to make me mad? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was doing sex criminals, the series with fraction, our editor was a guy named Tommy K. That's all I knew him as a Tommy K. And I thought it was just like an old friend of Matt's or whatever. And he just kind of did this on the side of his day job. Mm-hmm. And he just wanted like comps of the book. I'm like, oh, sure. You know, we just need a proofreader really for this. That's fine. And then like, Game one of like the Raptors versus Golden State Warriors. Like Tommy K reaches out to me. He's like, "Hey, I'm gonna be in town." I'm like, "Oh, that's cool. What's up?" He's like, he's "Like, oh, I'm um, I'm an executive producer at ESPN. Do you want uh, like, <laughs> you, do you do want tickets to Game one?" <laughs> I'm like, "What?
1: What? <laughs> Crazy." So, so
2: I, I go. I take I take one of my good friends. He's like a huge Raptors fan, and they basically they put us. Like just got the star treatment. It was amazing. Like they put us in the friends and family section, so I sat next to Wow Steph Curry's brother and like his family.
1: Whoa.
2: yeah, which is also weird when you're cheering for the other team. That's amazing. <laughs> Before the game, I got to stand like by the court and watch Steph Curry practice three pointers. And I'm just that's like, this, awesome. is, this is amazing. And I got to be in like the ESPN truck and to see like the live feeds and how they cut everything. And I'm just like, wow. this, is a, this is unbelievable. So I, I got to go to like two of the games of that series with buddies who are big Raptors fans. And it was like insanely amazing. exciting. But I always remember that like Steph Curry was like, like unbelievable. I'm like, oh man, that guy, that's, that's something else. I think at the time I knew like you and
3: Bronwyn maybe used to go to the Warriors games together. And Jonathan Chan too. Jonathan Chan, yeah. Warriors Mm -hmm. tickets. So those are my Image Comics former. We all left Image a while ago. But for a while, Warriors tickets, we could just decide to go at like 4.30 on an afternoon (laughs) at work. Yeah, yeah. Just get on the train and go. And we did that. Dozens of times over the years, like <laughs> yeah, we've been yeah. to so many Warriors games, but never to like we never got to sit next to Seth. I know, I feel
2: I felt bad like it was wasted on me just by <laughs> virtue of like my editor happened to be executive producer yeah. ESPN.
3: That's awesome. Yeah, I do think underrated is a ludicrous title for his documentary though.
2: It, it, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. But it's a, it's a I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it's a great documentary. It's it's
3: really really yeah. tugs at the heartstrings by the end. Yeah, for yeah, the my... non-sports fans and the in our listening audience, it's sort of like if there was a Superman biography called Is He Good Enough? It's like, no, like, <laughs> he's obviously good enough. Like, come on.
2: <laughs>
3: I love that I'm pitching that to DC. Yeah. yeah. Is he good um,
2: enough? <laughs>
0: that's pretty good. Well, that sounds lovely. My shout out does has no personal connection, but I went and saw Barbie. It was a lot of fun. I, I recommend the Barbie movie. Unless you're a man, in which case, do not go watch it. Very Soul destroying. No, just <laughs> <laughs> No, I liked it, and I, it was only like a tiny bit spoiled for me, but there was huge spoilers that were posted online. Uh, this will come out like months after it's in theater. So, yeah, someone posted I'm I'm Knuff, well, which is one of the spoilers at the end of the movie, which was really funny. Oh, so. great. I haven't Yesterday, seen it yet, but, but yeah, thanks. Yeah. Are you going to go see Barbie? Yeah, of course I'm going to go see Barbie in theaters probably yeah okay well yeah. then i've got a i've, I've spoiled a story story very funny to joke to get for you. space
3: from the story from the spoiler for you i did not oh, really i didn't know it was like a, a metafictional thing i thought it was gonna be like the flintstones movie from the 90s
0: oh wow okay <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> and now i kind of went that movie with the same cast
0: Mm. Oh yeah! Did you ever see Adam's Family? Because I always think yeah. of Adam's Family is my go-to as like the best version of the Flintstones. I think type movie. That where was it's, like, the best. Yeah, we're setting it for real. Like we are treating this a hundred percent. No, real.
2: the best one is the Brady Bunch movie.
0: <laughs> Brady Bunch it's movie. It's so
2: good. I saw it again in theaters just before the <laughs> pandemic, and like it's yeah. so funny.
0: We've it's talked true. about Brady Bunch on here, yeah. which is. Hilarious that this is our second go
3: round on the. Movie. It's actually our third because I watched it that weekend and then I catch out it. Oh house. right, and then we talked oh, yeah. about it the next week. Right, <laughs> yeah. right, right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sorry, they're both ten out of ten. I appreciate like I yeah. like the Britney bunch movie as well, but I yeah. just I just rewatched Adam's family and Adam's family values. On a plane and i was just like oh my god this movie is just killing me okay like i was right. i was it's one of those things where you're on a plane and you're laughing and then you realize you're on a
1: plane
0: and it's getting worse because you're just vibrating weirdly <laughs> like you're maybe throwing up <laughs> into your hand so yeah adam's family uh movie adam's family Val- values is actually surprisingly good too hmm. as as a second movie still pretty good yeah. brady bunch sequel a very brady sequel also very good too both of them are just great so, so many third shout consecutive out, shout out for the pretty <laughs> yeah. pretty much movie uh and barbie is actually is actually totally good and especially we're seeing on the on the big screen some of the shots are awesome cool really really All good right. they did some amazing work with the set so so yeah so this has been an episode of manga explaining thanks so much for listening and we'll be back again hopefully next week with another manga stay tuned This has been Manga Explaining, episode number 105, Goodbye, Airy by Tatsuki Fujimoto. Thanks for listening. For our next episode, we'll be discussing the manga Enial and Duyal by Kamomi Shirahava. Want to pick up a copy? Consider supporting our local comic and manga specialty shop. Find one near you at comicshoplocator.com, or check out your local library for print and digital lending options. You can also follow along with our complete reading list and show notes at mangasplaining.com, and check out our newsletter and digital publishing endeavor at mangasplainingextra.com. Thanks to DADS for their musical accompaniment this episode.